Nathan the Prophet. So I'm covering the the events around David and Bathsheba, and the prophet that came and spoke to David, confronted him, and and helped turn him around was Nathan the prophet. And so I figured it'd be worth it to go and take a look at him and how he is referenced throughout. It's known a little bit better. Last time I went through and found uh, where Nathan met David and was talking to him when he wanted to build the temple. And then David um, David and Bathsheba and how Nathan confronted him there. And then yesterday I didn't record one because I went through and there's there's a few other ones and I wanted to dig in a little bit more. So there's uh, there are a few smaller mentions and then and then there's a big last story right at the end of David's life. So uh, in First Chronicles and in Second uh, Chronicles, it says he's just he's just as a footnote of note that all of the events recorded in uh, all all of these events are recorded in uh, these books: events of Samuel the seer, seer, events of Nathan, the prophet, and events of Gad, the seer. And I thought it was interesting that they're not all listed as seers, and they're not all listed as prophets. You get two two seers and one, one prophet. So I was curious why Nathan was called a prophet, but Gad and Samuel were called seers. So that's interesting. Um, so seers are... People, well, they, it really is the word see, like we see. Um, so anybody, like it's a, a very extremely common word. But in addition to seeing just normal sight, it's used for uh, seeing and perceiving things or seeing uh, spiritual things of the future that have been revealed by God or seeing of visions. And so uh, Samuel and Gad were known for either seeing things in the future or seeing things perceptively or having visions and bringing those to their kings. Nathan was a prophet and prophet is translated as speaker. It's um, one who speaks. So he was a spokesman. Uh, what's interesting is then I then I ran across this definition of prophecy or prophet that I had never heard before. And it was you know right out of the Strong's definition and so there's an old form and then a, a latter form and the older form is uh, they listed it as religious ecstasy with or without song and music and then the latter form is religious instruction with occasional future prediction this prophecy I mean if you read the Bible prophecy is not always about the future it is usually about telling the truth, revealing to people what God says. Uh, but what I find interesting is that uh, religious ecstasy with music and singing, uh, because that's, I mean, that's the, the prophecy of, like, Moses. He sang that, he, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the earlier accounts are songs that they make up and sing. And oftentimes those include future prediction but that doesn't seem to be where they come from. And so that just kind of helped me piece some things together that, you know, now I'm going to keep an eye out for it. Uh, that was a complete side note, though. And then in Second uh, Chronicles, uh, Solomon's reign and events are recorded in the following books. 
events of Nathan the prophet. Hey, same book we saw earlier. Uh, prophecy of Ahijah, the Shilomite. Shiloh is an important place that we're not going to get into that right now. Um, but he actually has an extra title on there. And then uh, Visions of Ido the Seer Concerning Jeroboam, Son of Nebat. The title title's just getting absurd. That's, that's too long. Um, unless he wrote a whole bunch of other Visions of Ido the Seer. And I don't know. Anyway, oh, but again, this is a, a seer, not a prophet. They're, they separate them. And, and typically, we don't because they're in the same category. Um, and then, um, other another much more later mention is in uh, Second Chronicles 29. When King Hezekiah, who's way down the line, um, he sets up the temple. And, you know, they're trying to figure out, you know, how are we supposed to run this? And they, they found the commands of how to, you know, place different things and do different things from David, Gad, and Nathan. So they found those instructions of how to worship God, and they followed those ones. And there's a whole, there's a whole bunch, you know, they didn't, they didn't follow the instructions of Ido or Samuel. Uh, it was specifically, or Ahijah, uh, it was David, Gad, and Nathan. And we, and we have those in here. Oh, yeah, and then I had a little additional side quest because um, I saw Hezekiah, and I was like, wait a second, there's no Z sound in Hebrew, which is interesting because there's a lot of Zs in names. You know, you got Hezekiah, you got uh, Zadok, you got, you know, like, Zechariah, but there's no Z sound. It's actually, a, it's typically, it's the T-S sound, the T. So... So, so uh, Hezekiah is actually Chitzkiah, uh, which, you know, I could see how you get from Chitzkiah to Hezekiah. But, you know, that's, that's language for you. Uh, so then we get into this other section. And I, I took some really short notes, and then I decided today I was going to actually take a little bit deeper look into it because Nathan is really involved in it. And so I wanted to cover it. It's also really important because um, Nathan, Bathsheba, David, and Solomon are all, like, this is a story about them. And, uh, and if we're going to cover David and Bathsheba, this is the other part of David and Bathsheba. Maybe I should look at her, see, see if she's anywhere else next. So uh, let's set the scene. Uh, King David has... Several sons. Let me go get that list. Where's that list? This is the problem is I'm running out of time. Getting close. And here we are. Okay. The sons of David in Hebron. So these are his first sons. Um, in this is chapter Second uh, Samuel chapter three. Sons born to David in Hebron were his firstborn, Amnon. Second, and they list off all their parents as well. Or his, sorry, parents. He is one of the parents. Um, these are all by different wives. Uh, firstborn, Amnon. Second, uh, Chiliab. Or Chiliab. Um, third, Absalom. Fourth, Adonijah. 
and then fifth, uh, Shephatia, and sixth, uh, Ithrium. And Solomon is way down the line. Um, we don't, yeah, he's, he's down there. So, um, so we know at least the first six in line for the throne, and these are all by different women. So this order is the order of birth. Um, they're not, this is, you know, sometimes they list out, you know, all the children from one wife and then all the children from another wife. This is not that. So, Adonijah is, so, um, Adonijah, um, kept on exalting himself, saying, I will be king. This is in, uh, first Kings chapter one. Uh, and he also assembled chariots and cavalry and 50 men to run, run ahead of him and shout and, you know, big kingly. Uh, and his father never once reprimanded him. In addition, he was very handsome, and he was born after Absalom. So he conspired with Joab, son of, which is the commander of the army, uh, son of uh, Zeruiah, and with Abiathar the priest. So he had a priest, he had the commander of the army, he had chariots, and he was in line for the throne. And you might think, oh, but he's going in front of all his other brothers. Well, his other brothers are all dead. So, let's go through those one at a time. Amnon is the firstborn. He raped his sister, and Absalom killed him. Uh, Chiliab is actually the, the odd one out here. He is the second in line for the throne. He is, he is the son of Abigail, the widow of Nabal, which is a cool story, and you should go read it. Um, it's, a, it's a story of this woman who has um, wisdom and just so much grace about her. Um, as, as she confronts David for her stupid husband. Eventually, her husband died, and so um, David went and married her because she was awesome. Uh, so Chiliab is actually, he's not a contender for the throne. He's barely mentioned. He's got like two mentions in the whole Bible. Um, so he is either dead, he either died before David, uh, before before the succession, uh, or he was a descent. He um, or Abigail was pregnant with him when uh, David got married, and so he wasn't actually eligible for the throne. Although I don't think he'd be in this list if that was the case. These are just what the commentators are saying. I suspect that he died before David, but since he played no part in any of this other stuff, it wasn't even worth mentioning. Uh, there's a there's a list of uh, people in uh, rabbinical texts that say that he is one of the like three or four sinless people in the world because there's no no mention of his sin. But yeah, it's all like he's just never mentioned. He's not a contender for the throne. He's just not in this race at all. I suspect he's dead. And then there's Absalom, the third, thirdborn. He um, killed his brother for raping his sister. He led a revolt. He slept with David's concubines, and then he died with spears in his chest while hanging from a tree. So, also dead. Dead, dead, dead. And so, Adonijah is actually the next in line for the throne. So he's, like, and his father's getting old, and so he's trying to rally support. Like, as king, it, it's not, you don't just take the throne and then everybody's okay. Like, you actually have to go out and people have to know that you're the king and 
because whenever there's a kingship changeover, there's a lot of opportunity for for people to just be like, eh, yeah, well, you know, I don't know if I like this. And so he was out there, you know, meeting the people and making friends and, and uh, yeah. So he he started basically rallying support for, yes, I'm the, I'm the king. And so, yeah, that was all fine and good, except that, well, and, and he probably took his father not stopping him as consent because he's been doing this for a while. This is not like all of a sudden one day he, you know, staged a coup. This is over a long period of time. He, he has been calling himself the king because his father, David, is becoming, uh, he, well, he is bedridden. You'll see this next scene. Like, they go in to meet the king, and the king is in his bedroom, like, on his bed. Like, he can't even keep his own body warmth warm, and so they, have, they hire in this girl to just keep him warm. Uh, so, yeah. So, then Nathan, well, so he doesn't have everybody support, though. Um, interesting note, because this is actually where Nathan comes in. So he conspired, he had a priest, he had uh, Joab, uh, commander of the army. But, Zadok the priest, Benaiah, son of Jeho Jeho Jehoiada, who is actually, um, he is very much involved in the, the, the three and the thirty of David's mighty men. Uh, Nathan the prophet, and then a handful of others, and David's warriors, were not on the side of Adonijah, probably because they heard that David was going to give the throne to Solomon. So, Nathan actually did something about it, and Nathan went to Bathsheba, and he said, um, have you heard what's going on? Um, let me help you. Uh, save your life and the life of your son Solomon. Because um, Adonijah threw a feast and he's calling himself king and he invited everybody except for Nathan, Solomon and Benaiah and the warriors and so he schemes up a little plan he says you go in talk to the, talk to the king and part ways through I'll show up and confirm what you're saying because it's true I'm not sure why they had to have you know this subterfuge they could just go talk to him. So they do. And so, yeah, so uh, Bathsheba went in and talked, and then while she was talking, uh, Nathan showed up. I did notice an interesting thing is that in between each of these, David calls the other one back in. So apparently there's either he only meets with one at a time, or he... Uh, there isn't enough room in his bedroom, or I don't know. Uh, but when Nathan arrived, he called Nathan in. And then after they finished talking, he called Bathsheba in. So apparently she had to leave in the middle. So anyway, um, David then confirmed and said, Solomon is to, is to become king after me, just as I swore to you. Uh, as, let's see, as the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life from every difficulty. Just as I swore to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, your son, Solomon, is to become king after me. He is the one who is to sit on my throne in my place. And that is exactly what I will do this very day. And so David says, call in Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah. Apparently, you know, Nathan had to leave again. Uh, and 
and anoint him with oil and uh, and then have him come and sit on my throne. So that's one thing that Adonijah couldn't do. He, he was in another city. They could sacrifice things. They could run around with a party. They could blow the horn and do stuff. But, but he didn't actually have David's blessing to sit on the actual throne. And so he has this whole thing ending with Solomon actually taking a seat on the royal throne. And, and that shows that like, he actually has the blessing of the king. And so the whole city's in an uproar. They're, they're all excited because they rode through and like, they had this little you know, thrown together in one day ceremony. Who knows how long Adonijah has been planning this thing, but all of his guests heard about it. And this uh, messenger, Jonathan, showed up and said, I, well, so Adonijah says, come in. Um, you're an excellent man. You must be bringing good news. And Jonathan says, actually, no. King just... King David just made Solomon king. And they had, like, the mighty men and Zadok and Nathan, basically all the people you didn't invite, and set him up on the throne of David, and he is sitting on the throne. He is actually the king, not whatever it is you've got going on. And so everybody there panicked and fled because you don't want to be at a rival king's, like, coronation ceremony when the real king is sitting on the throne. And Adonijah fled to the temple. Well, not, not I guess it wasn't the temple at the time. It was the tent of meeting. And he held on to the horns of the altar. And he said, I will not come down unless King Solomon swears to me that he will not kill me. Which is cool, because other people were saying that... Um, uh, Look, Adonijah fears King Solomon. Which is, you know, that's good. Kingdom establishment is hard. And when people looked at that, they're like, okay, so he's not actually rebelling. He honestly thought he was going to be king. Everything's fine. But Solomon is a little bit more perceptive than that. And he says, If he is a man of character, then not a single hair of his head will fall to the ground. But if evil is in him... Then he dies. So King Solomon sent for him, and they took him down. And Solomon sent him on his way. And then uh, David, David and Solomon talked a little bit about ruling the kingdom, and that's not really what this is about. But, uh, but then later, Adonijah requests to marry Abishag, which is the the young woman who was given to David to keep him warm. They never had sex, but she was in the court of the king for a while, and she was very beautiful. And so he requested to Bathsheba that um, Abishag be given to him as a wife. And so uh, she relayed that message to Solomon, and Solomon sees straight through that as another grab for the throne of if he is going to marry my father's last, like, co not consort, that's the wrong word, but basically, like, trusted servant, then that's a grab for the throne and for power. Then King Solomon gave the order to Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, and I don't know why I can't say the name, 
who struck down Adonijah, and he died. Because it was more scheming, and it wasn't it wasn't innocent. It was it was a grab for the throne, and there was his evidence. And that's uh, Nathan was there for all that. So, this is the Nathan that uh, that we know. He's uh, he's definitely a a go getter. He's he's um, there were other prophets, there were other priests, uh, there were other seers around. And Nathan's the one that that confronted David. He's the one that uh, that told David not to build the temple. But there's going to be somebody from your line that that will rule forever. He's the one that uh, that went to Bathsheba and said, "Hey, you're about to be on the wrong side of history if you allow this to happen." Let me help you. And then he was a part of actually putting Solomon on the throne. I just think it's interesting that it's Nathan. Like, this is the guy who went in and accused David about taking Bathsheba. But apparently he uh, gets to be on friendly terms with Bathsheba and then with Solomon. The, the second son, the one that lived. And he makes sure, he goes out of his way, and sticks out his neck to make sure that Solomon is the one on the throne. And if that's not a redemption story, I don't know what is. 